the sound of a hammer on metal strikes out repeatedly, once, twice, three times, and then a pause as the reverberations swim through the air. A gnome with bright blue hair lifts up her goggles and wipes the sweat from her brow with the back of these heavy leather gloves. She exhales and smiles to herself, admiring her work, and then breathes in deeply through her nose as if to catch her breath before returning to the task. Her hand reaches out for a smaller chisel, and her dominant hand's fingers flex around the handle of her hammer in anticipation of returning to the strenuous work. Lady Iron Bell. A cold voice almost slithers across her shoulder, and Trippine Ironbelt drops the hammer and gasps as she turns around to see the face of her patron, the regal and apparently silent Viscount Pixador. The aged elf stood over her shoulder, silently studying her work. His sharp ears and pale, wrinkled skin give him away as a high elf, but other than that, the only thing Trippine knows about him is that he has a thick pocketbook and an eye for taste. How fares your progress? The Viscount inquired as his eyes matched his voice and the way they writhed up the body of her composition. The way his eyes moved, she could see he was attempting to take in every last detail of her filigree. It goes well, Viscount. Nearly there, I think. I've added more interlacing around the knees and finished the best fear and ornamentation around the collar and shoulders like you've asked. I've also made sure I don't use any more common patterns and my maker's stamp is inside the chest cavity, so not a single being would know at a glance that it's my work. As requested, Trippine said as the last words came out a little bitterly. He was a little upset that no one would ever know that this beauty was her work, but the Viscount had paid extra, a lot extra, for her discretion. I still can't figure out what kind of being is supposed to sit in that tiny cavity you had me dig out of the chest. It's not the suit of armor as you would imagine, Lady Ironbelt. The Viscount replied, finally making eye contact with her. Trapine had to steel herself not to shiver whenever he did that, but she would be free of him sooner. For nearly eight months he had her sequestered in the basement of his manor, and she would be glad to be free of this place and see her brothers and sisters again. Should be done by the end of the day tomorrow, I think. And if I go through the night and my elbow doesn't give up, maybe even by the morning? That will do just fine, Lady Iron Belt. The Viscount replied, and produced a bag heavy with coin from beneath his cape. Would you have me send it off as with the others? Not this one, I think. But if you'd be so kind as to leave it on the table, might have me a celebration of sorts on my way back. Friendly Arms is just down the coast road, and the Mirror Shades have been friends of the family for as long as anyone can remember. She replied in her usual cheery tone while she picked up the hammer and replaced the goggles over her eyes. Back at it, she said aloud before steadying the chisel and readying the hammer. The Viscount turned to go and dropped the bag of coin on her workbench. I hope you know how pleased I am with your work, Lady Iron Bell. This spoken from the Viscount gave her pause and she stayed her hammer arm the first kind words he had spoken to her in her entire tenure here. She turned to thank him with a huge smile on her face, and he was right there behind her. Her pride and joy faded to shock and horror before his eyes as she felt the wetness at her stomach, silking into her heavy leather apron. Very pleased indeed. And the last thing Trippine Ironbelt ever saw was joy in Viscount Pixador's cold eyes. Hey there, creatures, and welcome to Encounter This, a podcast exploration of the creatures from Dungeons & Dragons and the lore that surrounds them. Oh, hello there, listeners. Welcome, welcome to another episode (laughs) of Encounter This. (laughs) I was 100% sure you were going to do some sort of mime in a box. I am Freeman, brought by Iceton, as you'd expect, here with my cohort, James Red Knight Kid, to cover the first in a series of episodes around the golem. <laughs> I'm having fun with the video now. <laughs> it's really chewing up the uh, <laughs> 
we are we are we are doing a, a semi semi impromptu suite here um via request uh which we have dubbed golember uh after a little bit of <laughs> deliberation <laughs> james why don't you tell us more about that uh, <laughs> uh yeah uh so this um so recently i did a uh a charity stream and one of the prizes for the charity stream was our ten dollar tier on patreon essentially which is get to choose a creature so the person who won wasn't a listener before but has since like aggressively binged <laughs> yep. our uh, back catalog in a way that is just <coughs> wonderful and disheartening that there you, you can't find better stuff out there but we do really appreciate you so a uh, big shout out to uh, uh, Tekele, and I've been I've been given permission to um, say his full name. So it's Alexandre Tekele Laroque. Uh, they are another fellow Canadian. Amazing. They are from uh, the the Quebec, uh, <laughs> and based on how much we shit on Quebec, it's fantastic that he still enjoys our sh- our, our our stuff. Seriously, so. seriously, all of the uh, French jokes, and they're still on board. Yeah. <laughs> so big big thank you for uh, Tekele uh, for not only supporting the the charity it was an lgbtq plus charity stream uh but for choosing one of my favorite creatures in all of not only D but history i love these creatures yeah. <laughs> i have gone out of my way on several occasions to try and make a wizard whose whole thing is to make golems and, uh, as soon as james told me this was the selected creature i was like yeah you're covering that right <laughs> i know yeah. this is your this yeah. is your domain yeah <laughs> yeah and I've also learned quite a bit in this episode, uh, e- even in writing this. So there, there's some new D&D lore that I'm just enthralled with cool. uh, that we're not going to get into today. But uh, if you go to our blog, you will see our show notes. And on uh, on our show notes, there are all these little links and stuff you can go to. But the Red Knight is one of my new favorite beings in D&D 5e. I think they're so fucking cool. Okay. I know nothing about that. So that's exciting. Either. Always, always good to have a positive on the five E train for us. <laughs> uh, super fun. Okay, and anyone following want to follow along in some capacity, they can uh, they can reference the books, uh, Monster Manual, of course, and uh, Fitzpin's Fitzpin's Treasury of Dragons, um, which uh, we's, uh, has been uh, called out uh, recently. Uh, in fact, I think we need to take a, a moment here, real quick, to anyone listening. Uh, to let them know that uh, if we go back to our Hydra episode, we've actually added, um, we've added uh, some more content to the end of the episode because I was so brutally called out uh, <laughs> about missing the Draco Hydra, and I promise you, it's really, really funny and uh, properly angry content. So it's totally worth a re-listen, or just just get in there and fast forward, get to the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is it is something else that's for sure yeah uh, my inner curmudgeon uh, really came out in that one so <laughs> <laughs> no 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 jokes there listeners that's that's an actual fact yep uh but it was a fun little little tag on and uh i i i played with some sound effects a little bit there so it was uh it was it was fun <laughs> for me so totally worth it and we will be going forward making sure we're covering mo- mo- uh, monsters of the multiverse and if it's been stretcher dragons in our in our uh, our yep. research, as it were, because um, we're not. And a big thank you to our lovely Patreons <laughs> yeah. uh, for allowing us to be able to purchase those. So yes. we we do have legit copies of those books, and and we intend to use them uh, almost starting today. But yeah, uh, with, I guess a little bit within Golember at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so a quick disclaimer. There are like 30 types of golems in yeah. uh, the D&D universe, so we're going to mostly stick with the 5e stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, we'll, we'll get into as we go. There are a few 5e's that we are going to omit for reasons that I hope are obvious. They're, they're from Adventure Pass. Okay. Specifically, we will be omitting Crystal Golem, Canopic Golem, the Lightning Golem, and the Snow Golem. So those all are from specific adventure paths, and half of them aren't the Forgotten Realms. The Lightning is from Candlekeep, as is the the Glasswork. It's also from Crystal Keep, and the Snow Golem is from Rime of the Frostmaiden. So 
We're just going to omit those. If you want to see a whole list of all the golems throughout the editions that I could find, there's a there's a fun little chart very similar to methods that will also be posted on that block. Are we also like are uh, we, we also glossing over them in the stat block episode? We're not going to bother covering them. Or are you just talking about I more? think we're going to I I think we're going to we we might cover some of them depending okay. on how long those stat blocks get, but you know, like a, 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 an iron golem is a hell of a creature, mm. as is a stone golem. So, all right. Um, if if we're if we're if I think we're encroaching on that hour mark or uh, or about four pages, um, I, I think we'll probably skip them. But there's a possibility we'll tag in uh, things like the snow golem and the um, the glasswork. I think are probably the two most interesting. Hopefully, we'll at least touch on the most glaring differences as opposed to covering a whole. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, if, you know, if, yeah, assuming we'll, there are we'll, some. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into that as as things go up. Um, but today we're just going to be covering the Dungeons the Dragons lore as we're want to do with these impromptu suites. So this will be broken up into three parts: the D and D lore, the IRL lore, and then uh, stat blocks and homebrew kind of like we do. So, uh, as you might expect, golems are magically created creatures. Who the fuck? They are mindless and emotionless for the most part. Uh, and they only really know how to fulfill the commands of their creators. So typically they are created by a wizard or cleric and can use and, and those creators can use simple commands to control the creature as long as they're within 60. This creation process in general involves a spirit from the plane of earth bound into a vessel against its will. Oh, I actually wasn't expecting that, but okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's, as always, there's going to be some slight variation between the additions. So we we have some golems that we'll talk about today where we actually know how to create them, and others are kind of nebulous and, and what have you. But it's fun. Uh, yeah, and some, when we get to the stat block episode, that will be important. There is a mechanic for that spirit being released from the golem. Mm-hmm. So I just I made sh- I wanted to make sure I, I included it here, even though I don't think I ever touch on it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when a golem is made of an expensive material such as adamantine or mithril, it's usually made of a cheaper version of um, a material such as iron, and then polymorphed using the wish spell. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> But doesn't the wish spell there's, take like a whole handful of diamonds? <laughs> but I guess that's it's, still it's cheaper. Not, it's not a cheap spell. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it's not, it, yeah. as, as we'll see. Okay. So I, I actually have the cost in 5e to create these gold. Amazing. Um, <laughs> okay. But we'll, we'll get into that. So I, like that's your general primer on golems. That's mm-hmm. really it. They're not complicated creatures. Yeah. And they're not particularly interesting um, over like as an overview. Yeah. So next up, we have a couple of notable users of golems, not golems themselves, mm-hmm. uh, specifically from the Forgotten Realms pantheon, Azus, Gond, Ogma, and Thoth uh, use all kinds of golems. They're, they're, they're partial to using them. Uh, but when we get into some of the other pantheons, we get into like more specific stuff. Love. The first one is, Langedon Silverbeard, who is a dwarven exarch of battle and honor. Big fan of stone golems. Uh, there's a link to his Forgotten Realms page in the, the list. Uh, all, all of these characters is a link to their Forgotten Realms page if you guys want to go deeper. Uh, the next is Flandal Steelskin, a gnome deity of mining and smithing. And they're a big fan of iron golems. The next is Nethys, a Mulharund demigod of death who uh, had a penchant for gem golems. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Velsharun, a pat- the, the patron saint of liches and the demigod of necromancy, uh, obviously enjoyed flesh golems. <laughs> enjoyed being the opposite word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another really cool character from the novels is, is this, this uh, elf wizard called Etheric, who is a wizard bent on destroying all drow. Uh, like his, his whole thing was he's going to clear the Underdark of Drow and just genocide these creatures, which is not typically a, a, a life goal that you associate with, you know, these noble, haughty elves. Right. This guy, crazy. 
So what he did in his laboratory <laughs> is he would flay drow and keep their skin in order to build a drow only flesh gold. Damn. That's <laughs> fucked up. That's right in the, that's, that's, in the vein of like, uh, I don't know if anyone listening has ever gone down the, the train of flesh warping in Pathfinder, um, but the drow are quite famous for themselves and doing it to themselves, in fact. Uh, right. So that's, uh, just, re- just reminds me of that a little. Yeah, really neat. And again, uh, all linked in the show notes on our, our website. And our final one is that character I'm newly enthralled with called the Red Knight. Nobody knows their identity. We, the only thing we know about them is that they are female and they are an exarch of battle. So they are just this patron saint of war and warfare. Okay. And instead of using stone golems like slaves to carry out their tactics, they would use them as these giant chess pieces to enact a battle and, and help them get a better idea of a battle strategy while these stone golems fought each other. Do we know why they're called the Red Knight? Uh, they wear a crimson shining suit of armor. Nice. Ah, what a yeah, way to get and, a and all of their... <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they keep their identity secret uh, because they fear... That uh, if if anybody finds it out, their tactics will no longer be valid. If I, if I were to She's, if I were to like label you as the hero based on your uh, your attire, it would be the black peasant. <laughs> that's, that's pretty fair. <laughs> All black, simple clothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my my style these days is relaxed grandpa. <laughs> If anything, you're lucky he's not wearing a robe right now. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you, you can see my grandpa's sweater in, my, in our last episode. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I fell in love with this character. Their their holy symbol is a is a rook or is sorry is a knight uh, like this gold, this red knight uh, from a chess piece, and they are known oh, okay. as the Grand Master of the Lanceboard, which is the D and D parlance for chess, or the Lady of Strategy. Just really neat lore and I'm, I'm really looking forward to digging further into uh the faith of Faerun, which is a second edition campaign but okay i want to know more <laughs> uh right so that is going to bring us directly into uh little bits and pieces about each one of the 5e appearing golems each one is broken down into three categories appearance creation and manual so in D&D 5e, there is an item that exists called, called Manual of Golems. So you can have one of four different manuals, and they, they tell you and show you the process for creating a golem of that variety. So that's why okay. we have very specific instructions in 5e. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, a really neat, neat item. It's like 16th level or something. I'm already, I'm already wishing wild. we had that for the homunculus. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed Fair. to draining or uh, drowning bats in milk <laughs> which is all One we have to go on a little more humane <laughs> yeah okay so first up we're going to take a look at this guy right here this is the flesh golem he's real pretty so real real pretty <laughs> they are a ghoulish horror assembled from the body parts of various creatures usually human not always uh, stitched and bolted together into a new and bigger form, and they usually have a lingering smell of decay to the point where it is nearly impossible to track them because they just smell so rancid. <laughs> I will call him Frank. <laughs> Shots fired? <laughs> After our good friend Frank. <laughs> okay. and definitely not Frankenstein. <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they stand about 2.4 meters tall. I don't know how to come back from that. <laughs> just keep uh, going. Just keep going. <laughs> or, or eight feet tall. Uh, and 230 kilograms or about 500 pounds, which is a, around the weight of a pygmy hippo, which I didn't know is a real animal. Okay. Uh, that's a pygmy hippo. It still seems like a big animal to me. So it's amazing. It, yeah, they're, yeah. They're not small. Yeah. Uh, and they move and walk very stiffly because they have stitched together body parts in different stages of necrosis. They're unable to speak, but they can produce a hoarse roar just by forcing air over whatever vocal cords they've been given. <laughs> okay. And perhaps through the uh, the seams and stitches along their body as well. <laughs> I, I guess it's possible they act as a wind tunnel. Just 
it yeah. whistles every <laughs> yeah. time it breathes in. Uh, yeah, this is fun. I didn't notice this in the art before, but if you look at its front-facing foot, it's actually a hand. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I can see it, I guess. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's yeah. sufficiently creepy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we'll we'll get it. We'll dig into the creation. So this is creation outside of fifth edition. So if it exists, it's here because these are. I did the flesh golem first because it's so good. Uh, so the body parts have to be collected from at least six different corpses, though sometimes more were needed. One was the head. One is the uh, uh, sorry. One is the head and brain. One is the torso. And then the last four are each arm and leg have to come from a separate torso. Oh. They could not be too badly decayed, and the use of special ungents and bindings costing approximately 500 gold pieces were needed to keep the pieces together. <laughs> so they're like gluing and zap strapping it as they're, they're trying to bind this, this spear <laughs> into it. And it requires, yeah, and it requires a knowledge of medicine, surgery, or leatherworking. <laughs> <laughs> One of the three. Definitely not a combo yeah. of the three. It's one of no, no. (laughs) It's medicine and surgery or leather. Okay. So you you need you need the anatomy, but you don't really have to know how to put them back together. You can just (laughs) make and make a leather apron out of them. Uh, That's amazing. I'm again. I love this one. It's so good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The spells required are animate dead, bull strength, geas slash quest. Geas. I can never remember how to pronounce that. Geish slash quest. Okay. And limited wish. You needed all of those? Or all four of those to create a flesh goal. Damn. That is, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. So that puts the total cost of construction pre-fifth edition around 10,500 gold pieces. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but if you were to sell it on the open market, they, their value starts at 20,000. Well... Oh, the economy of D and D. That's almost hell? a fifty percent markup. That's, that's crazy. That's monstrous. <laughs> yeah. Holy. Um. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Liam. Uh. Well, I mean, I guess. Uh. That 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 alone makes me want to look at the stat block. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's really well, like I. Again, we do the stat I, block, I've, I've run almost ever. Please attach these prices to them. <laughs> so that's. We so I'll, talk about that. Uh, right. So I'm actually going to attach the five E prices. So we'll get into that now. So if, okay. if you happen to find or come across a manual of flesh golems, mm-hmm. uh, they're very rare items, and it requires a spellcaster with at least two fifth level spell slots. Right. It will take you sixty days of constant work with no more than eight hours of rest per day. Okay. Fifty thousand gold pieces for supplies. And once you're finished the ritual, the book is consumed by eldritch flames, and then you sprinkle the ashes on the golem to animate it. So you got a one, you got one chance with a rare item. Yep. That's yeah. To that's quote infinitely hero more of our generation, Marshall, Ma- Marshall Mathers, you get one <laughs> yeah. shot and not miss your chance to blow. <laughs> oh man! Uh, now again, I want to compare to the step block because I'm going to be like, is this even remotely worth it? This is the question I'm asking now. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. No. So, and again, that's that's for like an average spellcaster. Yeah. Like, I imagine if you're like like a demi lich or something like that, you probably know all the spells required. You right. You need to pay the fifty thousand for gold pieces. Also, like, when you were wish, it's going to be about half that cost. When you're something like a demi lich, you have enough enough. Uh, ideally, you have enough peons doing your bidding that like cost is of no consequence right like this is they're effectively the same as the you know the king of a nation who doesn't give a shit so they could just say throw the money at it and do it um or to take the body pieces like like i don't know how much of that fifty thousand the resurrectionists take but it's got to be a solid chunk Mm. like 10 percent at least do we have a timeline on how long this this creature can last just without being destroyed indefinitely definitely okay so that's the thing about golems is unless you crack their outer shell the, yeah. the, the spirit bound within cannot escape and there is a so flesh golem specifically there are mechanics for when that happens 
Okay. Yeah. So, Again, these stat yeah. blocks are are really interesting, and I, I, I the reason I fell in love with these creatures is because the stats are really cool. Good. They're not they're not weak creatures. Like like so, I know you, in your head you're thinking CR four, CR five. It is not. Yeah. I assure you, most of these things are ten and above. Cool. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, golems uh, and, and are what, fucking wild. One would sort of assume too now at that point that uh, that like if there's a chance that if you're talking about kings, like some of these would be carried on from previous previous uh, rulerships of the kingdom, and then if you're a lich, like you time is of no of no uh, consequence. So like you're just slowly building an army of these if you need to, and placing them where you need to. So it's like yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's suddenly the so, cost makes a little more sense, especially if their value is that high and their CR is high enough. So. Yeah. So a little bit later, we're going to talk about a book called Tome of the Unicorn. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, and and remind me about creating armies of golems when we get there. Okay. okay I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll, it's not that interesting, so I'll just I'll, I won't bury the lead. So this is this is a an old school book. Mm-hmm. Its pages contain twenty three spells, but its last two pages are said to include a manual for creating stone and iron golems in quantity. Okay. So the idea is that if you can get your hand on this one of a kind tome of the unicorn, um, you can just indefinitely create stone and iron golems like like like. Hellboy and the Golden Army kind of shit. Because the tome won't burst into flames <laughs> and the polygonation. Nope. <laughs> and apparently it's really easy to use too. Yeah. It's just like this is this is an evil cursed book. Like again, links to it are in the show notes. So okay. you, you guys can find cool. it. Next up, we're gonna talk about the least interesting of the golems, in my opinion. Okay. Um, you know, the old shit sandwich. Uh, the clay golem. <laughs> okay, kind of looks like a shit sandwich. Yep. <laughs> so obviously they are sculpted from clay. They can. They're about the same bulk and proportions of a humanoid, uh, except their their proportions are usually exaggerated and awkward because it's pretty difficult to sculpt mm-hmm. a, a human being from clay. Uh, and they are taller than most humans, but due to its construction and its appearance can vary widely. Right. They weigh about a minimum of 275 kilos or 600 pounds, which is an average leopard seal. <laughs> Classic leopard seal. <laughs> Classic leopard seal. Uh, <laughs> Let let us know if you want me to start including the images of the shit that I'm comparing it to in, in the slideshow. Because I, I I can definitely do that. Listeners. I already can tell you the answer is yes. Okay. Uh, they're they're a more fragile golem compared to the other ones because they are made of clay. And clay is pretty fragile. Yep. And usually they wore no clothes except for a single piece of metal or stiff leather at the hips for what I assume is modesty purposes. <laughs> And every street urchin always ran past and like ripped that off and then carved their initials into its leg or its butt cheeks or something. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, I Just get butt cheeks. Those, you, you need those to move, but like, like, like dangly bits, like man oh tackle God. or like, like, Just lady don't bits? Like, you sculpt know, it, or, creators. Like, just calm that's down. exactly it. Like, <laughs> you don't have to. Like, if you want to, cool. Like, I get it. I, I, I appreciate the that's need the to thing. be anatomically yeah. correct, but. Then don't shame your golem into leather jerkins. Yeah, and if you are going to give it, at least give it nipple tassels at the same time. So right, yeah. If you're gonna do it, you know, do it. Go all the way. Yeah. No yeah. half measures in golem creation. Like... <laughs> <sighs> I mean, you'd think so, but actually, there is no creation information listed for the clay golem in previous editions. Yeah. So I would call that as a as a half measure. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but for 5e, there we do have our manual of clay golems. Still pretty much the same shit. The only difference between the, the golems is the price and the days. Okay. So uh, clay golem takes 30 days and costs 65,000 gold pieces. Okay, so it takes less time, but it's more expensive. For whatever reason. Gotcha. I guess clay costs more than decayed humanoid bodies 
I mean, I guess it's easier to to gather uh, quickly uh, humanoid bodies <laughs> as opposed to enough clay to make up 600 pounds worth. Uh, I don't know. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> it a depends on location too, right? Location, location, location. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you need a huge kill in the cure. Yeah. If you're like, if you're on a huge. you're on a remote beach, might be a different story. <laughs> you're in a enough. in a busy city, also a different story. Location, location, location. <laughs> the motto of golem making, <laughs> and the restaurant industry. <laughs> Two things in common. <laughs> location, 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 and cover your shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up next is the stone golem. They're sculpted from a single piece of carefully chiseled stone, the most elegant of which can be found as both guardians and art pieces, usually humanoid and bipedal, but they can really take any shape. And it is the creators often stylize them to suit their uh their whimsy like you know this one seems to be a little bit more uh maztica inspired but you know you wouldn't find a stone golem that looks like that from the ice one down yeah i was i was about to say like it's a cool piece of art but also just feels like 90s cartoony to me at the same time which makes me not take it very seriously I am a hundred percent sure this is just a concept art for that one scene in yeah. the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it's fine, but it's, you know, whatever. It's just not intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they almost never have clothes or weapons, and they average about two point seven meters or nine feet tall, and they weigh around nine hundred and ten kilos. Which is about a camel. <laughs> is that a uh, camel uh, packed and full of water or not? Average. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> uh, this is too fun. So, <laughs> I mean, it's getting what he paid for. Yep. <laughs> uh, the cost is is not set because stone costs different different places, but it's speculated to be around sixty thousand gold pieces. Location, location, location. Oh yes. Yep. Okay. The process of sculpting takes nearly two months, and skilled laborers are required to chisel out the golem. Yes. The spells required are gauche, polymorph any object, slow, and proper wish. Okay. And spellcasters should be 16th level or higher before even attempting. Oof. Okay. That being said, the way to get around that is that Tome of the Unicorn, which I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. which has, has a manual for easily creating these things in bulk. Cool. According to the 5e lore, in the manual of the stolen golem, it takes 90 days and costs 80,000 gold pieces. Okay. So, long ass time, big price. Lot of work yeah and you would still need a solid crafter right like yep imagine trying to make two or three of these things without wanting it to get out you would have to constantly find and murder good crafters <laughs> seriously it does make me wonder too like do the do like the joint parts need to be crafted separately or is it one stone piece that you magically you know forced to to be able to like move at the joints you know it is one one stone piece that's okay. magically forced to move. Crazy. Um, it's, yeah. it's like the clay golem. I know I said giant kiln in jest, but they're not actually cured. Like mm-hmm. in the artwork, you can see yeah. um, listeners, if you're following along at home or, or watching the video, you, you can see little little drips of clay just yeah. falling off this thing because it's not cured. Think Clayface from Batman the Animated Series as opposed mm-hmm. to like an actual like wood-fired pot. Right. Uh, yeah, and the stone, like, I mean, you don't have a choice. You're not, you're not, you're not making it out of magma, right? So, um, yeah, you had, you have to, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Lots, lots but of magic. Speaking required. of magma, yeah, 
uh, and and other hot things. Uh, <laughs> Big boy Iron Golem is next on the list. These things are absolute fucking tanks. That's a they're cool They're usually image. built. Yeah, <laughs> it's really neat. They're usually built to resemble suits of armor, but they can be, again, stylized to suit their creator. Though their features are usually smooth, and that the mechanical reason behind that is the same as why you have large, smooth pieces in, in actual suits of armor. So there's nowhere for a blade to hook into. Right. Like oh, okay. Just, yeah, your blade will just ideally roll off these large, right. smooth surfaces. Yeah. There's, no, there's no chink in the armor because it's all armor. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And they stand 3.7 meters or 12 feet tall, and they weigh about 2,300 kilograms or 5,000 pounds. So I know we do this bit where I find shit that kind of weighs that much, but this was very difficult. So <laughs> forgive me, listeners. I couldn't find a single object that weighs 5,000 pounds, but it's about the weight of two Honda Civics. <laughs> Surely I guess it's about the length of two Honda Civics as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and surely, surely it's like, you know, one and a half of another car somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Easily. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Super cool. I like it. I'm into it. Yeah. And, and they're used to guard valuable locations or items. These are these are not fucking around golems. Like these are these are beasts. And when we get to the stat block, the stat block is beast there's a reason you've never faced an iron gold let's put it that way that <laughs> uh, makes me it, honestly uh the old one of the I, i've gone through golems in pathfinder second edition you know just on my own time and um and uh it's amazing how where they show up and, and the variations and how they work but the, i i do recall the artwork for the iron golem on that one it is intensely intimidating <laughs> okay <laughs> so, good uh, it's really cool <laughs> and it's such a high cr yeah so to make these things in previous editions it requires 2300 kilos of iron just raw fucking iron which alone is worth about 80,000 gold pieces (laughs) it also requires an ornate sword that can be magical but doesn't have to be it just has to be beautiful okay and alchemical tinctures uh, we'll get into that when we get to the stat block, the alchemical pictures, because they are represented, which is just cool. Cool. This it takes about three months and needs to be done by an intensely skilled ironsmith. Mm-hmm. And before animating one of these spellcasters, should at least be 18th level before even attempting. Oh man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So the spells required are cloud kill. Gaish, polymorph any object, and wish again. So oh, very, very fucking expensive. Yep. Or to bypass all that shit, the Tome of the Unicorn, which I believe only existed in second edition, but fuck it. Put it in your game. Put it in. <laughs> Crush it out. Break things. Amazing. Uh, the Manual of the Iron Golems is the same general as the rest of them, except it takes 120 days and 100,000 gold pieces. That's yeah. That's three months of the year, bud. <laughs> Four months of the year. Sorry, <laughs> like holy crap, it's just gone. Yeah, like imagine having to pay the oh. the most skilled ironsmith in your region for three months of straight work. Bonk. No wonder it costs a hundred k. And usually, I would imagine you listeners at home would think that that's all they're going to cover. You know what? Fuck it. All four golems of the monster manual are done. We are good. And I would love to agree with you because this next one is absolute trash. <laughs> this, dear listeners, this this monstrosity. Uh, for those of you listening to the audio show, it looks like a dragon skeleton <laughs> duct taped together by red green if you're Canadian. Uh, if you're not, like your uncle who's bad at fixing things but thinks they're good at fixing AKA things. Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> uh yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna crack a beer on this one. Because <laughs> I Smart. feel like it's just gonna follow suit with my my anger on the Draco Hydra. 
because yeah so we're we're not actually gonna really take a break today we're just gonna keep powering yeah, through going, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh so this is it this is uh this comes from fitzband somehow this skeletal dragon is classified as a golem for whatever reason it it's literally stitched together with duct tape um but as written it is made from bones uh, or whole skeletons of dragons and some sort of inorganic matter to bind them duct tape, duct tape. <laughs> yeah <laughs> somehow this creature made from bones and duct tape still has a breath weapon so angry and they are made uh, 5e creation because I don't, I think they exist in one previous edition, but there's nothing like they don't even have their own page on Forgotten Realms. Uh, they are made using the inherent magic that exists within all dragons. <laughs> Each bone is etched with a rune or a glyph, allowing the magic to flow freely, whatever the fuck that means. The spells required are animate dead. Cause fear, geish, and the total sum of producing this this monstrosity uh, is about a hundred and fifteen thousand gold pieces. <laughs> this, okay, it, it's legitimately <laughs> electrical tape and and mostly dragon bones. Let's let's just get a couple things clear here. The reason James is covering this creature at all is because I told him we should. The only reason I yeah, told him that right, we should. is because the listeners the called me out. <laughs> and listeners who are listening, and I'm sure most of you will find this funny, but let's let's be really clear. The bar is set real low for this Fizzbin's Treasury of Dragons, and we are going to tear it apart, I think, from now oh, on. <laughs> I am I, I actually read most of it, Did like you? just skimmed through it. And other than the lore, the written lore is really cool. Yeah. Um, it gets real, real fancy with dragons, which I don't I don't I don't care about dragons. Yeah. Um but it gets it gets like real, real weird, like like sunshine and rainbows about dragons for yeah. no reason at all. Like, it gets like Harry Potter level magic about dragons, but the written lore is pretty good. Okay. The actual creatures so far, the the ones that I've actually the stat blocks yeah. I've actually read and the the, the ones I've skimmed, a hundred percent trash. <laughs> like again, I'm sure this thing would be fine in combat, but right. it is so fucking boring. It's oh, like they had a quota to fill. Like <laughs> we need a hundred dragon adjacent creatures for this dragon adjacent book <laughs> for no reason. Uh, I know for a fact there's uh, some sort of dragon blood ooze in that book somewhere. That actually looks pretty good. Oh, yeah. does it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's like literally the page like okay. right around this one. Yeah. You we're looking I, at I it. I made sure I looked at that one. Uh, I've been shopping the idea, and I, I think I mentioned to James about about like oh maybe we should dive into this book as a bonus episode to cover you know the stat blocks on creatures we've already covered where they've added something and uh who knows who knows where that will go (laughs) but uh, just rage and alcoholism like i'm gonna need a whole bottle of whiskey here next to me if we're gonna do that shit because so far not impressed fizzban get your shit together (laughs) calling you out on air fizzban the real person (laughs) quick we need this new source book uh Make it a theme. Go, go, go. <laughs> uh, that being said, much love to all the people at Wizards. We understand how much work this shit takes. We've created our own creatures and, and humbered it. We, we, we know that it's not easy. We don't envy you. Your we also know oversight. you don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah. 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 What the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's kind of it for golems. I oh, have yeah. uh, a couple of honorable mentions uh so there are a few famous golems in in the D verse mm-hmm. uh the first is wilbur a pig-shaped iron golem belonging to masson the monkey mage of raven's bluff which is a city in vesperin which something we'll almost never touch on it's it's in the continent south of favor in the vast like it just it's a very very two-y setting mm-hmm. uh wilbur the, the pig-shaped is... iron golem yeah. <laughs> Just real, real on the nose of that one, eh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. The next one is Minder, an Iron Golem crew member of Realms Master, which is a Haluran sky ship, which I think is some Eberron shit. I don't, I don't actually know. Oh, like the Golem um, itself I, is a sky ship? 
No, the golem is a crew member on like this. Floating oh, okay. Ship. Sorry. Uh, all right. Fair. Yeah, yeah. If it's I skyship, mean, that sounds like a run. Yeah. Very, very pulpy kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's from a, the source book is called Shining South. So I don't, I probably should have looked into it more. Uh, second edition source book. So yeah, it, it, it's the, the cover is a boat strapped to a Zeppelin fighting a dragon. So that's, <laughs> that's some real 2 e shit right there. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and the last one, and my favorite one, and by far the most interesting, is is a stone golem called Automaton, possessed by a horned <laughs> devil called a Rotbite. <laughs> the spelling that you have here for Automaton is amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's I, it's not my spelling. Uh, and this this horned devil is is the from what I understand the overarching villain in a book called Shattered Statue. Is a which is a one e adventure, um, but Boy, that sounds awesome. Shit, yeah, yeah, like like a like a horned devil strapped inside of a stone golem, and if it ever gets out, like it's just going to go back to being a fucking horned devil, which yeah. are not chill devils. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. True enough. Uh, I don't remember the cr, but they're they're not low. Yeah, and that that's uh, that's pretty much it uh, for 5e stuff. I did, for those of you viewing at home or following along on our Instagram, come up with this little slideshow here of other golems and some of the ones we touched on through the ages. I definitely didn't go deep, but I found a couple of pictures that I thought were just fantastic. And I thought it would uh, maybe extend the episode a little bit to get us closer to that hour mark. <laughs> so this one here. This uh, this this dot matrix Frankenstein looking <laughs> motherfucker is a flesh golem from One E, and it is very clear that it is inspired by Mary Shelley's novelization. Uh, I said novelization like it's based on the movie. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mister and Mrs. Shelley. Oh, uh, Mary you're Shelley. You're right at the will. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Shelley's pulp classic Frankenstein. <laughs> Uh, very clearly modeled after the the monster that Victor makes. Uh, I'm going to try and do these from memory. So uh, this is from second edition, the one on closest to us. This uh, like pockmarked hair looking fellow is a flesh golem, yep. and there's a terracotta warrior looking thing, and that yep. is a clay golem from second edition. I thought that was a really cool addition. Yeah. I love the I like. like I, I really hope you get into terracotta warriors in 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 next episode because they're essentially just Chinese golems. <laughs> they're so cool. Yeah. Uh, next up is this guy. This is also from second edition, I believe. This is a hammer golem. Uh, this oh, is specifically okay. of dwarven crafting and is uh one of the dwarves we talked about earlier. Uh, Clan Degan Silverbeard, big fan of these hammer golems. Right. Yeah, kind of cool. This one right here is also from second edition. This is a stained glass golem. That's super fun. Yeah, I love this one. This is this art is what inspired me to um to do this little section here. So uh, for the audio podcast, it's this really beautiful picture. Um, like the colors pop, the building fades into the background of this stained glass and this golden warrior like peeling itself out of the uh, out of the arc mm-hmm. like it's just it's it's gorgeous i'm really excited to throw this one up on our um it's cool on our um, uh, my, instagram I, it's reminding me of something i saw not that long ago like on reddit or something and it was like praising early cgi in a film where there was like a stained glass warrior that comes out of the wall and it's like pretty campy but for the time like way better than the other the other films and not for the life of me remember what it was. But I watched the clip and I was like, this is actually not terrible. Um, I don't know, like a, like a Three Musketeers or, or I don't know. I can't remember. But it was cool. And it, it was like, yeah, it was a stained glass warrior. And it was like 3D but 2D at the same time. And like it totally freaked out the whole audience and stuff. And it was, it was really neat. Yeah, it reminds awesome. me of that. Really, really cool. Well, if you find out, let me know. Because I want to yeah. fucking watch that movie. And we will definitely link it in the show notes. 
up next, this is just a gorgeous piece of art. This is that adamantine golem we were talking about earlier from third edition. It's just this, this fucking brick shithouse made of the hardest metal in the D&D universe that's been like adorned with these golden tribal tattoos. Awesome. That is that is one of the coolest artworks we have ever had. <laughs> that's yeah. so cool. Oh man, it's got like a it's I don't know. It's got like got like a Greek or Roman motif kind of thing, but also doesn't feel like it fits there at the same time. That's oh, that's awesome. I'm pretty co- confident this is based off the Colossus of Rhodes or Order of the Colossus of Nero. So those those larger statues, like that kind of ornate detail, Super cool. like especially the the trim around the collar, like it's just beautiful. Yeah, like the around the collar uh, looks like kind of like swinging, like sort of not not quite scythe blades, but like you know. Uh, these blades that you would see in like classic like, dungeon traps, and then around the waist, yeah. they're almost like fleur de lis, like a half fleur de lis by the top end of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's super cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. This one is the brain golem from third edition, and it is just a giant fucking brain that looks like it has a tongue. Like it, this, this is horrifying. This probably won't hit the gram, but um, this should be our first ever video release on youtube uh so you can you can head over to youtube and, and check it out that? <laughs> that is that is a weird look your but what what what's really curious is what it's standing in front of which is a giant lagging foot of another creature <laughs> and i don't know what the, that the, is it's it's like it, it's yeah so it's <laughs> it's like an assembly of golems one is a okay. fire golem um I don't oh, okay. remember what they are, but th- this is the brain golden picture from uh, Forgotten Realms. Okay. <laughs> so gnarly. That's some, like, alien weird sci-fi shit. <laughs> Speaking of alien weird sci-fi shit, this is a... <sighs> fuck, I, I actually have to look this one up because I can't remember. This is... Um, I don't even know how to describe this. This is a, this is called Shade Steel. This is a Shade Steel Golem. Shade Steel Golem. Yeah, uh, so they're uh, made from a mineral specifically found in the plane of shadow, and they are used as a guardian, uh, like like guardians to guard the undead. So this thing, if any of you have ever seen Necrons from 40k, it pretty much looks like that. It's got these backward bend knees. Its head is actually on its tail. It's floating above its torso. Oh, did not see that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I, yeah, I had to look at this image like three or four times, yeah. and and I saw that. And it's just it. This is one of the most alien-looking bipedal designs I've ever seen. Yeah, just, uh, huge props to Three E for this. Like, it's yeah. just it's perfect. It, I mean, and just by the posture alone, it almost doesn't look like it's jumping. It kind of looks like it's floating. It's just floating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty creepy. <laughs> oh damn. Cool piece yeah, of art. It is. It is very left field, though. Like that's that is honestly territory, uh, aesthetically that I I generally avoid if you're playing. Like I'm into that shit in the fantasy right. setting. No, I'm like, I, I'm into this too, okay. but not in not in like a fantasy setting. Like if right. we ran into this right. shit in Starfinder, I would be here for right. it. Right. Totally. Yeah. But not in. But not that's in because of yeah. yeah unfortunately, yeah. Starfinder yeah. is a science fantasy game, and I yeah. wanted to play a science fiction game. Right. That's that's where those boundaries yeah, yeah. were right back. Like that's why I like I like Star Wars, but I don't love Star Wars because mm. it's science fantasy. Right. I like science fiction. Yeah, you know, that's I'd cool. rather watch Star Trek or uh, like like The Abyss, like that mm. kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Right, right and this also beautiful art. This is the Sand Golem from Third Edition. Just gorgeous again just a beautiful piece of art super cool i don't he's like fading into the background it's exactly what you think of when you when you think of a sand person listener like i'm pretty sure this exact shot was uh was from spider-man 3 the bad one (laughs) uh, toby mcguire and um oh i'm i'm gonna forget his name i'm i'm sorry grace uh the guy no no the guy who played sandman thomas hayden church thank you uh, I'm yeah. This it, it's exactly what you think it looks like. Uh, this one will be on the gram because I just I think it, I find it so peaceful. 
like it's not unnerving to me like i just i just find it i think it's a beautiful piece of art like yeah i would have this hanging on my wall you know and like that was the first thing i saw every morning i don't think i'd be upset <laughs> it is it's unnerving in the sense that like oh if you're in a desert like you look at that and you see how it's forming from the sand around you and you go that creature when it disappears could be anywhere and that's creepy that idea is creepy <laughs> but then you're kind of like oh there's a sort of naturalistic approach to it where it's like okay it's in its home terrain it doesn't feel as golem-esque it feels like it belongs there you know yeah. uh which is kind of cool it's, it's a bit, i i think it kind of reminds me of swamp thing from dc comics it it looks like it's very live and let live like don't fuck with the desert right you'll be fine yeah right <laughs> and you know what it makes you think of speaking of starfinder which is which is fun that you brought it up it's like but there was there were there was uh uh, monsters and and ways to play even as a PC uh, where you were built around nanotechnology and so you could be like a nanomorph like creature essentially so you're you're not a, you're a whole but made of an unbelievably individual like a, a huge number of individual pieces um, but not necessarily on a microscopic level right like actually tangible like right. kind of seeable level and so it's like this weird middle ground. And that's like, that's exactly what a sand golem kind of would be, right? It's like, what are the advantages of being built of an unbelievable amount of small particles that you could still sort of like hold in your hand? Um, that, that, it's, it's a, that's, that's like a weird way to like, okay, how can we do this nanotechnology idea, but implement it into a fantasy setting seamlessly sand? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the only issue I, I have with this, this particular golem is that lore as written they are vessels for a spirit from the earth realm if it turns into a bunch of sand it is no longer a vessel unless it's bound to the grains of sand individually which seems like a lot of work yeah okay yeah this is depends on how depends on how you define the magic that forms it right it's like does is it yeah is it this batch of sand or is it you know a minimum amount of sand as long as there's sand around you know Right. So, yeah. Depends. Depends how you define that. Yeah. And you know, this is such an interesting creature, and again, beautiful piece of art that mm. I, in my mind, I don't run up against that little detail. I just wanted to point it out because there will be listeners who, you know, oh, you know, I can't. You know, it's got to be a vessel. Like it's just sand floating off of it, and it's coming out of the sand. It's mm-hmm. not actually just made of sand right. crystal. Yeah. But, you know, that's cool too. That's it's your house, man. Um, mm-hmm. uh, man in the gender neutral term. Don't um, add us. <laughs> you know what for this one go ahead yeah go ahead <laughs> at dave <laughs> he's ready <laughs> uh and this is one of the 5v ones that i didn't cover this is the crystal golem from either witch mount uh which which whatever or uh candle keep i can't remember but i i didn't cover this one because it just doesn't look cool okay <laughs> and it doesn't feel like a golem. Like it feels like a crystal rock monster. It, it looks. It looks like a. It looks like a quick make up a, a crystal monster for a nineties cartoon again. Like you just like quick mm-hmm. toss it in there. You know, you got right. a basic. Story this definitely looks like a villain from from one of the Starjammers yeah. storylines in the <laughs> yeah. X Men cartoon. Also, it looks like it would show up in a GI Joe cartoon, like randomly, but without context. You know, or like all a, GI Joe villains were humans. Oh, really? Except for the robots. I mean, any hardcore G.I. Joe fan will tell you that there was obviously the race of Cobra Law from the G.I. Joe movie, but to most G.I. Joe fans, they don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Not proper canon. You heard it here first. (laughs) I mean, technically, the only real continuity is the Marvel Comics line. You can at me about that shit. I'm staring down the barrel of the camera. Only real G.I. Joe continuity is the Marvel Comics line. Maybe don't. the IDW stuff. Baffling. Yeah. I don't know shit. And you, can, <laughs> you can get directly at me on Instagram.com backslash encounter. Uh, Long time listeners know I don't, I don't do, do Twitter. <laughs> and just nobody does the Facebook. <laughs> yep. Fuck Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's it. Those are all the golems I saw fit to print. Um, and by print, I, of course, mean present to you lovely listeners. And we definitely appreciate you putting up with that level of shit. Because 
that was uh, that was a very unique episode and, and really heavily deviates from some of our things. Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of fun putting it together. Yeah, I mean, doing the whole doing the whole sweet thing. We're always in for a turn, right? Like it's not always going to be you know on point. It's always a bit of a derivation. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, it's our show. Was, we can do whatever the fun. fuck we want. Yeah, Ada. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, if you do want to add us, you can shoot us off an email at info at encounterthis.ca. You can always check out our home on the web, uh, unchartednorth.com or CA. But if you still go to encounterthis.ca, it will bring directly to our blog posts. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash encounterpod. Twitter, same thing. Uh, Instagram at encounter.pod. And if all goes according to plan, you will be able to find this video, possibly two others, and every other episode from here on out up on the YouTubes. I don't have the URL handy, but if I'm as smart as I think I am, it's youtube.com backslash encounterpod. May not be. Uh, If you want to support us, you can find us on patreon.com backslash uncharted north, where you uh, can support both of our endeavors. What are you doing with your hands? That's a UN. <laughs> God. I get you a whiteboard for your birthday. Uh, we are a loving and humble part of the Uncharted North Network, along with our sister actual play podcast, Stemming the Tide, where we play through a Pathfinder 2E adventure path run by this fool over here. <laughs> I'm still learning the new social spiel because I haven't written it down and I'm doing this all by memory listeners, so I apologize profusely if I got any of this wrong. But worst case scenario, you can go to unchartednorth.com backslash links and that will link you to everything. Our store, our Patreon, our Discord, anything and everything. And the Discord is now absolutely free. Uh, the Patreon tiers have not changed, but some new shit has been added. I don't remember what it is, so if Freeman wants to fill in, he's more than welcome. Sorry, what was the so question? So $5 tier definitely hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> so for $5 a month, you will still get that handwritten thank you letter, and I believe some goodies will oh, be Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You'll get a, you get a sweet, sweet uh, Uncharted North pin when available. Uh, we, we have a little supply right now, and uh, yeah, the $10 tier will get you the creature um, choice as usual. Uh, but also... God, it's something else. I don't remember. <laughs> Is it a discount to our? To I our think it's a discount store? to the merch store. Yeah, which we're which we are we are reestablishing right now and, and reworking, uh, very much so. Uh, and if you get to the fifteen dollars tier, um, you get a couple cool things. Like you know, you get all of that, but also you can help us write an expedition for Encounter This. Uh, perhaps even voice uh, part of that if you want to. And we also would, will work with you hand in hand in creating an NPC for. Uh, whatever production we're working on at the time, uh, which we've done one of so far, which is really fun. Um, I gotta, I gotta double check your math. I don't think that's a fifteen dollar tier. Uh, I, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's in there. <laughs> uh, it's you know, fifteen it, bucks. There's, yeah, there's usually a. Uh, I mean, it's. I need it's, to talk about that shit off. Kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a one time deal, and uh, there's a there's a cap. There's a cap on it for for the moment of how many people can, can uh, subscribe to that. You know, and also a minimum of of, uh, of how many months to get in there. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, it's uh, work hand in hand and, and, and sort of work together and, and create something for the airwaves, you know, uh, with with the GMs uh, at Uncharted North. Fun. Um, all things, obviously, up, up changes stuff as we go, as we progress and grow larger. But, um, but yeah, uh, big, uh, the idea is for us to be, have an initiative uh, and a put forward too. To like include our listeners into our crit project. Oh, okay. I think you might be talking about US. So, uh, Ooh. Our, our Canadian prices are all kinds of fucked. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You, mostly you can assume these are US prices. Yeah. Uh, which has been a bit of a, a crossover between our, our, uh, with our, with our, right. Uncharted North bringing in, in this and this sort of right. So that's 22 for- Canadian and that $10 tier is $14.50 Canadian. The $5 tier is $7.50. Canadian right and that's mostly just to cover processing fees on the platform because it yeah. is getting more and more expensive as they get more and more steam and, Very much. Uh, new Canadian regulations have come down in the fact that we have to pay GST on uh, these so yay taxes it's great uh, not being I mean, American what 
Okay. We're going to leave you there because <laughs> it is. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and uh, or watching. Um, if you liked it and you were watching this on YouTube, smash that like button, hit the subscribe for to be notified whenever new episodes come. Stole that outro from Will Wolf. Big thank you to that guy. He's, he's fantastic. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks on December 15th for Freeman's part of the Golem. And I'm going to cut away before this gets weirder. Thanks, listeners. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're having fun. <laughs>